The pandemic has changed so much about what we can expect from healthcare. Now more than ever, we must make the future affordable, accessible, and equitable. I'm Jody Lesh. In a new podcast from Kaiser Permanente, we interview the thought leaders and care providers who are helping shape the future of not just healthcare, but fields like digital therapeutics and AI. We have a lot to learn from one another. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Money. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. I truly appreciate it, as I do every Saturday at noon and Sunday mornings at 8. I was absent last week, but Marty and Nicole did a great job. I listened to the show. The beauty about our shows is you can go on our website and look at past shows, or I should say listen to past shows if by chance you miss it. And I did, and they did a great job. Nicole's one of our newest additions. We're very happy to have Nicole. She is a CPA with a whole bunch of experience in the wealth management and tax area, and we're building out our tax team. I have three more professionals that will be joining our firm in the next few weeks. One of them is a CPA as well, so I'm committed to, especially with the whatever whatever the tax rate hikes will be, and there will be tax hikes coming, folks. There's no getting around it. Whatever they will be, we will be fully prepared to help our clients with tax planning. I'll have right now three CPAs make up our team of 13 professionals, and I'm very proud of that, four CFPs. So we are willing, ready, and able to help our clients. Today, I would like to help you. Any questions you have, any whatsoever, our phone numbers, 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. I get a lot of clients that ask me, hey, are you going to retire anytime too soon? And I said, absolutely not. The beauty about what I do for a living is helping clients. And as long as my mind is good, I can do this for a long time. And I'm watching Berkshire Hathaway's meeting today of shareholders. I mean, Warren Buffett is 90 years old. Charlie Munger's 97 years old. Folks, there's hope. I'm going to be around for quite some time. I continue to surround myself by a team second to none. Every opportunity I get to invest in human capital, I really try to get the best that there is out there. And I'm really excited about the building out my team and, and having the, as, as the economy opens up, I'm opening up our, our firm to really help our clients more than ever before. And I'm really excited about that. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, give me a call. So where do we start? You know, second week in a row, the S&P, just a little smidgen of a change. You know, after dropping a week ago, 0.13%, up 1.02% this week to close at 41.81. You can say for the past couple of weeks, it's been an absolutely boring, ho-hum movement in the S&P 500 index. That's okay. Listen, year to date, the S&P 500 index is up 11.3%, and that's without dividend. With dividend, it's going to be, you know, we're approaching almost 12%. That's not bad, folks. That's not bad. Who would have ever thought? NASDAQ, 
fell four tenths of a percent, 13,962. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped a half a percent to close at 33,875 this week. And believe me, it's not because there weren't some headlines in the paper. President Joe Biden explained to America why he wanted to raise taxes to pay for free pre-K and other family-focused programs. And the market kind of just said ho-hum. Thursday's first quarter domestic product data, 6.4% annualized growth for GDP. That's pretty um, remarkable, you would think, uh, but believe me, the forecast was 6.5%. So it was just just a little bit less than what the street was expecting. Once again, investors said ho-hum. You had the Federal Open Market Committee meeting failed to you know affect the market in the slightest and you know you have federal reserve chairman um, jay powell basically you know he, he says he's not raising interest rates for another couple years let's hope he's true to his word because with low interest rates who knows where this market could go you know the u.s 10-year Treasury notes yielding somewhere, depending on what moment you look at it. But let's say 1.6, 1.7%. So it all depends what day you look at it. The 10-year Treasury yield is, is you know, basically, if you buy a 10-year Treasury note, you're going to get 1.6, 1.7% year in, year out over the next 10 years. Is that anything to write home about? Nope. I can buy the S&P 500 index and get the same dividend yield. But have the chance of capital appreciation. I also have the chance of capital loss. But over time, stocks, as you know, and I am always, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm more optimistic on the stock market than not. Stocks go up more than they go down. Over the last 90 years, stocks by far has been the best performing asset class. When you take into effect, whether it be stocks, bonds, cash, alternative assets, commodities, real estate, it doesn't matter. Stocks have always been the best performing asset class. And folks, no matter how high stocks are, it doesn't mean they can't go higher because they always do. And there's going to be corrections, bear markets, recessions. I promise you that. I make a guarantee. It's not if, it's when those events will happen. And when they happen, those are opportunities. Remember, volatility in the stock market is an opportunity. But when you look at bonds, you know, so here we are, the S&P is up almost 12%. You know, the bond index is down 3%. That's a 15% swing year to date, four short months. 15% swing. And people buy bonds for safety and, and low volatility over time. Listen, if you're not getting greedy, if you don't put money that you need over the next year or two in the stock market, you have time to recover. That's the key. Not panicking, not having knee-jerk reactions when you're investing in the stock market. And I'm not here to promote stocks. I, I, I'm really not. But I do believe in stocks as an asset class. And right now, bonds, bonds, really, I'm, I'm, I'm a little hesitant on bonds right now, to be honest. Um, you know, they, they, they scare me more than the stock market scares me. So for the week, if you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, Monday down 62 points, Tuesday up three points, Wednesday down 165 points, Thursday up 239 points, Friday down 185 points. As I said, 
the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped a half a percent at the end of those five trading days, half a percent. We had some good news. Some big companies, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, the three largest U.S. companies by market size. And, you know, Apple fell, believe it or not, they had great earnings, blowout earnings. Apple fell one-tenth of a percent after telling investors sales grew by 54%. They grew their, their sales by 54%. And the market kind of, you know, said ho-hum. Microsoft down 2.8%, even though they boosted sales by almost 20%. And Amazon down one-tenth of a percent, just like Apple, after reporting its highest growth of any quarter in 10 years. I mean, these are big companies, folks. So, you know, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, you know, they've been grown, truly. Not this year, but they've been grown by leaps and bounds. And, you know, their, 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 their stocks are trailing the S&P a little bit. But don't, you know, if, if, if you're invested in these stocks, I would not be, would not be selling out of them. When I, when I have calls with my clients, I tell them their number one holding is Apple. Their number two holding is Microsoft. Their number three holding is Amazon. And it plays that out. Even though we buy predominantly exchange-traded funds on behalf of our clients, Paolo LaPietra, my portfolio strategist, can pull just about any report you can think of, and he'll drill it down right to their percent of what clients own. And those are our top three holdings, Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon. Tesla rounds it out with number four, JP Morgan, NVIDIA, Facebook, Berkshire Hathaway, and Alphabet, Google, whatever you want to call it. Those are our top holdings. That's what our clients own. So I tell them, listen, when you go to the cocktail party on Saturday night or, you know, the picnic on Saturday afternoon and your friends are bragging that they own this individual stock and that individual stock, you own those stocks too. They're just in the form of an ETF because we're trying to reduce the risk. And our returns have been pretty, pretty remarkable buying ETFs. We don't fool around buying a lot of individual stocks, although we will buy individual stocks here and there. So, you know, if, 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 if you're invested in those stocks, you know, I, I wouldn't be jumping out. They're great companies. Apple, gone from 7.3% weighting of the index of the S&P 500 index to 5.9% as we sit here. Microsoft down to 5.9% or it wasn't 59 Now it's down to 5.3% and Amazon went from 5% of the index down to 4.2%. When you buy the S&P 500 index, it's a market cap weighted index. So those three stocks are the largest stocks and they make up, as you can see, you know, those three stocks make up a whole, a big part of the S&P 500 index. When you look at the five largest stocks, they make up right now 22% of the index. 22% of the S&P, when you buy the S&P 500 index, five stocks account for 22%. And when you think, uh, to put it in perspective, the smallest 300 stocks make up just 16.2% of the index. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions you have, folks, 
give me a call. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction on Monday morning and have you really, truly, you know, do the right thing. If you're investing on your own, you may need some guidance. If you have an advisor that isn't really doing justice by you, I'll give you my honest opinion and tell you if you should, you know, applaud that advisor or maybe look for another advisor. Whatever questions you have, 1-800-825-5949. Give me a call. Zach Harris, my longtime producer, is there waiting to get you online so I can talk to you. Um, so, you know, when, 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 when you put it all in perspective, you know, some big companies have done well, and I don't foresee any reason why those big companies shouldn't continue to do well. Whether we come out of the, you know, out from underneath this COVID-19 umbrella, dark cloud that we've been living with for, what, 14 months now? And it's been a long 14 months. Believe me, folks, a long 14 months. The good news is a lot of people are getting vaccinated and they feel safer, but it doesn't mean that we really should be um, letting our guard down. We, we absolutely shouldn't be letting our guard down. Um, we need to really wear the mask and protect, protect ourselves and protect other people. Um, somehow, some way, you know, don't, don't, don't get cocky. It's the people that get cocky that get COVID. I know of an individual who got cocky and I don't need to wear a mask. I don't believe in COVID. You know, this poor guy's in a hospital. He's in Albany Med. Doesn't he get COVID by being cocky? You can't get cocky when it comes to COVID-19. You got to be careful. Got to be so careful. Um, so, you know, when you, when, 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 when you look, as I said, the S&P, you know, let, let's just say it's, it's a wash. You know, S&P up just a, a smidgen. 0.02% is just a smidgen. Look that word up in the dictionary. Russell 2000 down two-tenths, almost a quarter of a percent. NASDAQ composite for the week down 0.4%. The Dow down 0.5%. When you buy QQQ, you're buying the NASDAQ 100 down 0.58% for the week. But when you put it into perspective, you look year-to-date, folks, the Dow is up 11%, and your average return over the last three years is almost 12%. The S&P is up almost 12%. Your average return over the last three years is 16 almost 17%. NASDAQ up only 8.3%, but your average return over the last three years is 25.5%. Remember, NASDAQ had a, a, a great run, especially with those secondary stocks that nobody really knew a whole lot about that really did well because of COVID. You know, whether it be Zoom and all those, um, you know, virtual stocks that allowed us to work from home or stay in touch with our family and friends to, you know, Amazon delivering your everything that you can possibly need. You think about Peloton, and although Peloton's really taking it on the chin, unfortunately, um, some people got hurt badly, some kids, and your heart just aches. Hopefully, hopefully um, that doesn't happen again. But, you know, that kind of helped drive NASDAQ. And we've been overweight NASDAQ for about 15 years. NASDAQ is one of those indexes that I put on the same playing field as the broad stock market index. Those are our two core holdings. I believe in both of them. As you know, 
opening up the show today, I said, I'm an optimist when it comes to the stock market. I've always been an optimist, and I think our clients, I take the time to teach our clients why they shouldn't be afraid of stocks. And I teach my investment committee to, and, and my relationship managers to share that same thought process with clients when they're talking to clients. Stocks aren't risky long-term. They're volatile day-to-day, maybe more than other asset classes. But long-term, stocks, stocks is a pretty good place to be invested. Over the last 90 years, your average return in stocks is 10 to 12% compared to bonds, 4 to 6%. Inflation averaged over that time about 3.5%. Here we sit here today, stocks continue to do well. Unfortunately, investors that rely on bonds for, for interest income, they're just not earning it. As I said, the U.S. 10-year Treasury note yields somewhere between 1.6-1.7%, depending on what day you look at it. And you're just not being paid. And that's more than triple where we were last August. Remember, last August, that 10-year note yielded 0.52%, 0.52%. So it's more than tripled in less than a year. That's pretty good. The only people that this low interest rate environment really affects are stock investors because where are investors going? As I said, you're going to lock your money in a U.S. 10-year treasury note for the next 10 years, only getting 1.6% or buy the S&P 500 index and get a 1.6% dividend and the potential of capital appreciation, having that stock market go up like it has always gone up. That's how you have to think with your portfolio. So as I said, we take the time to educate our clients why they shouldn't feel bad having stocks in their portfolio and why over time it's it's really a good thing. Um, you know, the, the Russell 2000, which is really a blend of mid and small caps, the Russell 2000 up 50 15% year-to-date, and your average return over the last three years is 13.7%. The 30-year average national mortgage rate, 3.14%. 15-year average rate for a mortgage, 2.42%. I say it again, and I'll say it again and again and again. If you're looking to buy a home, don't wait. Real estate prices are up. I don't know. I don't think we're in a bubble. Real estate prices are up. And, you know, with low interest rates, a lot of people are, are, are really going in. There's a lot of people that are leaving big cities. And, you know, the capital region area has absolutely benefited from it in a, in, in a major way. So don't wait till you have 20, 30, 40% down payment. Get into a house with as little down payment as you need. If you find that right house and you feel that house is right for you, with mortgage rates being as low as they are, you know, mortgage rates will go up. I can't tell you when, I can't tell you when interest rates will go up, but I can tell you interest rates will go up. I just can't tell you when. We're gonna take a 15 second break, folks. Don't go anywhere. Thank you, Zach Harris. And thank you folks for tuning in. Our phone numbers today, 1-800-TALK. WGY, that's 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. Give me a question. Any questions you have, give me a call. I would love would love to talk to you. Any questions whatsoever, 
1-800-825-5949. You know, going back to our portfolios, as I said, Paolo LaPietra, he's a certified financial planner and he's he's like our quasi um, portfolio strategist. He's a wealth advisor in our firm. He does a great job with clients, but he helps he helps me maintain our portfolios and acts as a trader. And you know, when 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 I look at the at the portfolios and the returns, they're pretty good, pretty good. And we're going to be tweaking them. We're going to be underweighting bonds real soon, as I shared with you earlier in this show. I feel that bonds is fixed income is just. I'm not comfortable having a target weight with with bonds and fixed income. So we will be adding some alternative assets to that mix. There's a little bit more risk, obviously, although when you think about the bond index being down 3% and the stock index being up 12%, that's a 15% swing. How much more risk can, can, can we take by adding some alternative assets? And we're not sure exactly what we're adding, whether it be REITs, preferreds, or whatever it may be, but we're going to be adding some alternative assets and reduce our exposure to bonds. We're still target weight, fully invested for our equity sleeve, and our God, you know, we're 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 only invested in U.S. equities, and our U.S. equity sleeve is really, I mean, we've always done a great job with our U.S. equity sleeve. I, you know, I'm not sure when, when we're going to be getting into international holdings or emerging market holdings. I'm just not ready to get into them yet. I know the valuations are there and it shows me that we probably should be thinking about it. I know, you know, just since President Biden came on board, you know, we've spent six trillion dollars. There's 12 zeros in a trillion folks, six trillion dollars we've spent over the last few months through different programs and stimulus packages and everything and that's a lot of money and you know you you know i'm i'm guessing that the dollar will will start to weaken inflation will start to rear its ugly head how can it not and at some point jay powell will probably have to raise interest rates to stem off inflation remember the Fed raises interest rates when they feel the economy's heating up too fast, too soon. Right now, they feel the economy's good. Keeping interest rates low as a catalyst stimulates the economy. And, you know, for, for, for parts of the economy, I agree. But anybody that's out there building a home, buying appliances, buying lumber, buying anything home-related, you know you are spending more money today than you were ever before the rate of inflation in those commodities are sky high if you're filling up your gas tank at the gas pump you are spending way more today than you were just a few short months ago so inflation is playing a part of our life but jay powell says it's not concerning to him in the open market committee just yet. Folks, we're going to take a two-minute break for the news. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. 1-800-825-5949. If you have questions, give me a call on the other side of the news break. I would love to talk to you and get you pointed in the right direction. 1-800-825-5949.
Hello and welcome back. Thanks for hanging in through the news, folks, and thanks for tuning in today. I can't thank you enough for 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 coming back week in, week out. 26 years I've been doing the radio, and I don't get tired of it. I love being here with you. I love helping you. It's my way of giving back to the community and helping those that may not be able to, you know, afford help. Um, you know, just not sure what direction to go in and whatever. So any questions that you have, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. And Zach, I got to change that spot. We have 13 professionals, not nine. 1-800-825-5949. Let's go to the phone lines. We have Dave in Utica. Hello, Dave. Worried about mom or dad falling? The Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health helps make their home safer, even if you can't be there. Symphony works with voice activation or a care button they can opt to wear, along with smart sensors for coverage around the home. With 24-7 emergency response and an app to tie it all together, you can monitor your loved one's well-being for enhanced peace of mind. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hello, Steve. Nice to hear you again. You sound healthy and wealthy. (laughs) Every day I get out of bed, I feel healthy and wealthy, no matter how much change my wife leaves me in my pocket. Yesterday, I had to go somewhere. I looked. I didn't have a dollar. Not one dollar on me. I had to borrow money. I mean, I'm (laughs) telling you, I'm, I'm I'm living an austerity life, Dave. (laughs) <laughs> well, wait until the 50 cent a gallon gas tax hits. It won't affect you, but it'll affect me because you drive an electric car. But I, I do drive anyway. an electric but car, anyway. and I'm loving it. I got a lot of horsepower under that baby, too. 750 horsepower. Listen, Dave, I love fast cars and fast horses. In today's Derby Day, you got to love horses on a day like today. Even if you don't like horses, you got to love horses. Absolutely. What color is your car? It's white. It's white. That's nice. Hey, my question, if I can ask you, there's an ETF that I just heard of yesterday. It's called Momentum, M-T-U-M. Do you have any opinion on that ETF? Yes, yeah, so uh, I, I'm not familiar with that, but I'm guessing. I'm guessing. What's, what's the symbol, Dave? M-T-U-M. I'm guessing. M um, is in mother, T is in time, U is in Utica, yep. M is in mother. Yep. Yep. So basically, you know, large and mid-cap U.S. equities based on price appreciation. And basically, they, they, they pick stocks that increase in price lately. That's where the word, no pun intended, momentum comes in. It selects and weights stocks by looking at both six and 12-month holding periods. And, you know, when you, when, when you look at this, momentum can help you when momentum's going in the right way. You got to put everything in perspective. So here we are, year-to-date, you're up 8% when the S&P is up 12%. A lot of these momentum stocks haven't done as well. 51% of the portfolios invested in technology. The next um, 
biggest sector is consumer cyclicals, which we actually like 22%. Your number one holding is Tesla. Number two is Microsoft, NVIDIA, Apple, Amazon, PayPal, you know, Google. I mean, you got some great companies in it, and these are momentum stocks. But as I started out the first half of the show, Dave, a lot of these big companies haven't done as well year to date, but they had one heck of a year over the last year. You know, when you look at this, the return over the last year is 50%. That's not bad. Your three-year average is 19%. I gave the statistic of the S&P in the first half of the show. Your three-year average in the S&P was 16.4. Once again, the momentum is 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 on your side over the last few years, and that's why over the last few years this has done well. It's not a bad ETF. Um, if you own it, I wouldn't be getting out of it. I love those companies. Even though they've come a long way, I, I still listen. Do you think? Do you think when we come out of COVID nineteen that we're not going to use Amazon? Absolutely, we're going to use Amazon. We're probably, I think, more people will work remotely. More families will stay in touch because of the last fourteen months having to do so much virtually. So you know, I, I like this. And Tesla, you know, I keep saying, you know, what is Tesla? A car company? A technology company? A battery company? A spaceship company? This guy's brilliant. And Tesla, you know, it could go to the moon, no pun intended, because he did put a rocket into the moon this um, or near the moon this week. Hey, Dave, great question. Stay safe. Stay healthy. 1-800-825-5949. We have Josh in Troy. Hello, Josh. Steve, good afternoon. It's always a pleasure to, to speak with you. I, I haven't heard you in a while. Well, you know, I took a little bit of time off. I had some buddies. I'm going to be honest with you, Josh, and the rest of the listening audience. I can't hide. I, you know, I have a half-price dinner club. I got three very good and dear friends, and we go out weekly without our spouses. It's half-price, and we take our half-price dinner club on a road twice a year, and we do a little mini golf trip. So I was playing last weekend, and that's why Marty and Nicole helped out doing the radio. They did a good job. But I took a little bit of time off to play. Listen, for 26 years, I've been working six days a week, and for the last year, seven days a week, because we do radio now on Saturdays and Sundays. So my office says, hey, go out with your half-price dinner club and have some fun. Listen, half price, how, how can I go wrong with half price? No, it's a great proposition. I have a quick question for you. So um, I buy a lot of real estate in Troy. We're getting ready to buy more real estate in Troy. And um, I kind of see real estate in our way as kind of our fixed income holding to some extent. And so the reason I say that is because um, when it comes to our stock holdings, we're 100% equities, uh, and pretty much we are – it's 80% VTI and 20% QQQ. So um, I'm just wondering your thoughts. So, so bonds really aren't any of interest uh, to us at this juncture. We're, we're, we're both 30. And I've always thought of bonds as kind of a stabilizer, in, you know, especially when markets get choppy and whatnot. If, if we have real estate to kind of fill that, uh, that fixed income you know, kind of niche, if you will, is it is it a bad idea to just be 100% equities and then specifically VTI and QQQ? Absolutely not in my eyes. Now, remember, I'm good with risk. 
So we have a lot of clients that have businesses or similar situations like you. So if you believe in your real estate and you feel that they're not going to fall out of the bottom and that they'll hold their value and you're getting some income, hopefully you're getting some income from them. Looking at that is the conservative part of your financial house is is a good way of looking at it so you shouldn't feel guilty about being 100 percent invested in the stock market with your investable assets your other investable assets and believe me i'm not going to tell you how old i am josh but i'm twice your age and i'm 100 percent. my wife and i are 100 percent invested in the stock market i tell our clients this and i i will show them my portfolio at any point i'm 100 percent invested in the stock market and i'm okay with that because I understand the risk, and that's what it comes down to. When I see the stock market go through a correction, a bear market, a recession, I don't get nervous because I know the stock market will come out from that. It has for the past 100 years, and I'm pretty sure there's nothing that's going to keep the stock market down. Listen, if we, if the stock market didn't stay down a year ago with COVID, 12 years ago with the Great Recession, at the turn of the century with the dot-com bubble and then unfortunately the tragic 9-11 you think just in 21 short years what the stock market's gone through and recovered from and then you can go back world wars regional wars oil embargoes presidential assassinations listen the stock market's pretty resilient so no i'm at 30 years old josh i think you're doing good and investing in troy i, I you know that's my hometown near and dear to my heart I don't always agree with some of the things that go on in Troy, but I believe in Troy. I think we have a police department that's second to none. They've done a great job. The fire department, I'm telling you, I love being in Troy. So thank you for continuing to invest in Troy. I think it's I think it's a pretty special city. Yeah, we're bullish on the city, um, and we really understand the real estate asset class. And, you know, knock on fake wood, our, our income was very stable. It actually grew. Uh, in 2020, um, people were moving. And if you have a good product and you live in a good city like Troy, people want to be there. We had a lot of people uh, occupy our apartments moving up from the downstate. And they were getting, to them, they were getting steals on apartments. And we were more than happy to provide. So happy to connect with you. And yeah, happy to be buying more in Troy. Hey, Josh, the carriage house is almost done. You need, someday if you're walking by my office, and I'm there, you need to knock on the door and I'll take you through the carriage house because you appreciate historic. I mean, we took this hundred and almost 158 year old brownstone and we're converting the carriage house into a nice little home for us because we sold our big home. And I'm telling you, it's almost done. 90%, 90% there. Um, love to show it to you. Thanks so much, Steve. Well, I'll take you up on that one day. All right, Josh, stay well. 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions, give me a holler, folks. I would love to talk to you. So, you know, we talked a little bit about President Biden and his, his um, you know, he, he, he just basically um, completed his 100th day in office. So how do you think stocks do when presidents give their 100-day speech. Well, I'll tell you, President Biden's done pretty good. The S&P up 9% since Inauguration Day. The best first 100 days of a presidential term since FDR, Franklin Roosevelt. And I'm telling you, um, you know, it, it's done pretty good. 
And, you know, some could say, and listen, my team and I fielded more, more calls than we care to even tell you about last year. People concerned about what if, well, what if played out? And guess what? The stock market has done okay. And I keep saying, don't let political decisions get in the way of your investment decisions. The stock market may have a hiccup, may act react, volatile, react to some you know policies or, or news, but the stock market's pretty resilient and the stock market looks at the fundamentals, corporate earnings, jobs, the economy growing, the consumer spending money, and the consumer makes up two thirds of the economy, which is why the consumer is so, so important when it comes to the stock market. Don't, don't ever count the consumer out because the consumer is a big part of the stock market. Um, and, you know, one of the fundamentals And the consumer right now is swimming in cash. Man, oh man, they haven't gone on a plane, on vacation, out to eat, to a movie. They don't even go to the mall and buy things they don't need. They haven't been able to. So they have all that money that normally they would have spent. They have it saved up. And Uncle Sam has been sending them stimulus checks left and right. The consumers chuck full of cash, folks. And as the economy opens up, as we come out from underneath this dark cloud, as the light at the end of the tunnel gets brighter, the consumer is going to be, I think, driving the economy. So 9% since President Biden took office. And, you know, you can you can look at, at uh, any president, any president's effect on stocks. And it, it, as, as my team and I explain to clients, it's debatable. You got monetary policy, we have a vaccine rollout, strong e economic data, corporate earnings. It's been pretty good. The S&P up 3.8% during Biden's first 100 days. And when you look at 24 presidential terms since the Great Depression, 1929, an annualized rate of 14.5% in the first um, 100 days. And the S&P 500 annual rise is, is about 6%. So when, when you think about it, the S&P has risen 14 of those 24 presidential 100 days, first 100 days, 14 of the 24. And nine of 13 Democrats and five of 11 Republicans. So Democrats were up an average of 7.3, Republicans down 0.4%. I'm not making a political statement. I'm just giving you the facts, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. So when you think about the first 100 days, you know, as I said, the S&P has done pretty good. FDR died April 1945 before the 100th day of his fourth term, yep. He had four terms. His 10% rise can't compare with his first term. 1933, his first term, the index was up 80% in the first 100 days. Reason why? Market coming off one of the worst starts, you know, the Great Depression. So FDR is also, he was at the helm for the worst 100 days. World War II, 1941 when the S&P lost 10% in the first 100 days. So when you put it in perspective, the first 100 days for, for President Biden's pretty good. Okay, 
How was it for President Obama? 5.3 percent. Um, I'm sorry, 2.8 percent and 7.5 percent for President Trump. So um, let me rephrase that again. 2.8 percent for President Obama's first 100 days. 7.5 for his second 100 days. President Trump up only 5.3 because he didn't have a second bite at the apple. So there you go, folks. Under President Biden, whether you like him or not, I don't care. It doesn't come into play with me when it comes to making investment decisions. I can't begin to tell you. When you're looking at investment decisions, try try to focus on the fundamentals, not the politics. 1-800-825-5949. 1-800-825-5949. Let me take a 15-second break, Zach. Thank you, Zach, for letting me wet my whistle. Folks, thanks for letting me take that quick, short break. 1-800-825-5949. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions you have, give me a call. I would love to talk to you on this Kentucky Derby day. And, you know, the weather looks pretty good in Louisville. And the horses, you know, hopefully everybody crosses the finish line safe and sound. And, you know, we have we have a good derby day. You know, anybody, it, it, whether you like horses or not, I think everybody gets into the derby somehow, some way. So let's talk about those big, big um, tech companies, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Facebook. You know, believe me, I mean, the the what COVID-19 has done for these companies has been remarkable. So... This past week, as I said in the first half of the show, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Alphabet, you know, each of these companies had record revenue or near record revenue. They've done really, really, really well. Um, You know, sales and profits revenue at Apple, as I said, up 54%, its highest level ever for the first three months of a year, Amazon, fourth straight record quarterly profit a stretch when its total exceedings earnings exceeded those of the previous three years combined combined market value for the five companies is now over eight trillion dollars accounting for almost as i said 22 percent of the total value of the s p 500 index 22 percent just five companies apple microsoft amazon Google and Facebook. And I, I, I believe in these companies. I don't think these companies are, are going anywhere. And if you own the NASDAQ 100 composite index, it's a major part of NASDAQ and it's a major part of the S&P. So when you own those two indexes, you own a lot of these stocks. 1-800-825-5949. We have Jim in Gainsport. Hello, Jim. Hello, Jim. Uh, hello, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, yeah, you were talking about Biden's 100 days, but, you know, I think he's riding the crest of uh, Trump's policies. As soon as Biden's policies hit, you're going to see a major correction. You know what? I, I can't comment on that because I was fair. I gave 
President Trump's first 100 days, President Obama's first 100 days. Heck, I went all the way back to Franklin Delano Roosevelt's first 100 days. So, Jim, I'm sorry. We're, I'm not here to talk politics. I'm just giving the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Dragnet, a great show. 1-800-825-5949. We have Chris in Vermont. Hello, Chris. Hi, I had a question about being uh, solicited for annuities, and I, I heard you tell the return the last three years. I don't know if we go back five years, but basically I see a fixed-indexed annuity as leaving some money on the table. Um, well, you cap your – go ahead. Well, you know, I'm not a fan of annuities, but it doesn't mean that it's not a good investment for some investors. So me not being a fan doesn't mean that some investors shouldn't buy an annuity. There's a lot of good reasons why investors buy annuities. I just had a client that sold his business and, you know, he wanted some guaranteed income so that he didn't have to worry about anything. And he put a chunk of money in annuities for that reason. Other people feel that annuities are a good place to go because of the guarantee. The guarantee comes from the insurance company. So, you know, they they feel safe having that in the portfolio. Maybe it makes up the fixed income portion of one's overall financial assets. I just find annuities to have a lot of internal hidden fees. You know, I keep saying our portfolio, Chris, our core holdings, 0.03%. Because all exchange-traded funds, all mutual funds, all annuities have internal fees embedded in them. And I disclose them because I'm a fiduciary, and I need to disclose them. My clients know every fee that there is. So our core holding starts out at 0.03%. Our total portfolio is about 0.18%, 0.18%, less than a quarter of a percent. The average, according to Morningstar, fee in, uh, in mutual funds are about 1.2%. The average fee in annuities are about 3%, Chris. So that's one reason why I don't like annuities. There's just a lot of fees involved. You can buy a variable annuity and invest in stocks, bonds, commodities. It's really just mutual funds with an annuity wrapping. You can buy, as you pointed out, a fixed annuity with a guaranteed interest rate. And I'm not even sure, and I should find out next week, hopefully when I come back next week, I'll have the answer what the average fixed income um, annuity is, is paying. I'm just not a fan of them. As I said, some people like them. If you line up 10 financial advisors, let's make believe you put 10 certified financial planners, line them up. You know, we all paint a picture with different strokes. I'm just not a fan of annuities. So I haven't invested a client's money in annuities since the tax law changed in 1998. That's when if you have, let's make believe you invest $100,000 in annuities and it grows to 150 and you cash it out. You got $50,000 that's taxed as ordinary income, ordinary income. Well, it looks as though this year the tax laws may be changing again. So it may be a mute point, but in all fairness, um, but for the last, you know, 23 years, I just, you know, why would I put my client's money in an annuity and have the gains taxed as ordinary income when I can put them into a tax-managed portfolio with a maximum, maximum in capital gains tax of 20% and add in the Obama um, health care 
subsidy of 3.8, the maximum 23.8%. So that's how I look at annuities. Be careful if, if you're looking to buy them. Ask a lot of questions, Chris. Make sure you understand it. Make that, because it's an insurance agent selling the annuity, make that insurance agent tell you exactly why an annuity is better for you than a tax-managed portfolio. Chris, thank you for the call. I truly appreciate it. You know, we're all different folks. I'm just not I'm just not a fan of annuities. I I I know that I upset some people. I have some friends that sell annuities. I just don't believe in them. I debate them and we have spirited conversations about our our opinions. Um listen, these guys are making 6% commission selling an annuity. There's an incentive there to push annuities. Folks, we're coming up to the end of the show. I can't believe an hour has passed. I'm going to be back with you tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, and I hope you come back with me as well. If you have any questions, you know, prepare them. Give us a call tomorrow. In the meantime, go to my website, Boucher.com, and you'll get a lot of information. I'm hoping today we did a webinar for our clients, and we're going to do more webinars. Uh, Nicole, Marty, and myself did a webinar, and hopefully I'll get it up on the website today, and you'll be able to view it tomorrow. I'll remind you tomorrow morning. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the Derby. See you tomorrow morning. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you.